Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of the Transcript Podcast. You've got me, Scott Krisloff. I'm editor of the Transcript, along with Eric Mokaya, who's our lead author. We sent out a new issue of the newsletter yesterday. And what we noticed last week was that there are some signs that inflation is actually starting to cool. So at the headline, I think everyone noticed the CPI number, which was better than people had expected. But we also picked up a number of quotes throughout the newsletter last week that showed that supply chains were getting better, that demand is starting to weaken, that labor markets are less tight, promotional pricing because of high inventories. And so there were a number of things that we looked at and saw that suggested that inflation is cooling and by extension, maybe the economy is cooling, which may be its own. Who knows if that's a positive or a negative for capital markets. But Eric, any thoughts along those lines? Yeah, I think I agree. The pop in terms of the stock markets that day when inflation was slightly lower, I think by, is it five, 0.5%? It came in lower than expected. So I think the pop just tells you like there is an eagerness in the market for people to see inflation coming down. Um, and I think the two takeaways, the two key takeaways for me would be from the macro section are the two quotes from the freight companies talking about the FedEx was talking about they've reduced Freight frequencies and then they parking the aircraft uh, this uh, this holiday. So coming into this year, FedEx and a lot of other companies has budgeted that, and I think it, it's a bit of a trend across all companies that budgeted that the e-commerce boost from the pandemic would be sustained to this year. But it seems like people a bit afraid maybe of the inflation and a bit afraid of how the economy is going are, are cutting back on spending, especially on some items. So you're finding FedEx, JP Hunt, they're talking about there's no significant surge in demand. In fact, the specific quote from the JP Hunt exec is that this is the most muted peak season that he has seen. So I think the effect of this would have, especially this being retail week, is that we may see especially elevated inventories and also especially uh, maybe a bit of a slowdown in terms of economic spending in certain pockets of the markets. Not travel, not uh, entertainment, surprisingly. People want to be entertained. But these other pockets of the markets, especially the goods section, they still quite a bit of demand cooling down. Any other takeaway for you? Yeah, I think it's still not open and shut that demand is coming down. I think that this could still be the echoes that we had seen in other places in terms of, to your point, goods demand cooling, but service demand still running strong. And we have been profiling for a long time the high inventories that retailers are carrying and potentially promotional pricing that they're going to be taking. Uh, but maybe it's really just that capital markets may have gotten exhausted by the amount of selling pressure that, that had been taking place in 2022 and starting to feel fatigued about that and just looking for a light at the end of the tunnel for inflation. And so with the CPI numbers coming in slightly better than expected, uh, just a little bit of an opportunity for relief rally on this. Yeah. Hopefully the capital markets open up. But speaking of capital markets, this week was also a bit of crypto. It's a, how do you call it? Like a crypto crisis week. I don't know what's your takeaway from that because FTX, one of the key exchanges in the, in crypto went down this week and it's, it seems to be being built on a house of cards. So I think the repercussions of that is that the head of FTX was very key in terms of trying to engineer a bit of regular, not a bit of, he was in Washington a lot. I don't know, like doing this, advocating for crypto to actually be taken more seriously in the markets. And then this particular hit that they got this week may mean that a lot of the, pro the progress maybe crypto has made in terms of headway in Washington may take a while to come. So I think that's some of the things that I'm noticing in the market. A lot of 
bad actors maybe being found out this week. I think I like the quote from, I think it was Airbnb CEO who tweeted something like, it feels like we're in a nightclub and then the lights just got turned on. What's your take on crypto this week and the assessment of it? I've never actually heard you speak about crypto before. Uh, so maybe you can also give us your thoughts on crypto. <laughs> yeah, I think I probably fall a little closer on the Jamie Dimon spectrum when it comes to crypto in terms of the underlying asset value itself. So I think there was always going to be this tension between crypto and the regular, the current regulatory regime, because mm. cryptocurrencies tend to just call the things that we already know how to use in terms of currency or securities. They just kind of call them by different names and then pretend like they don't have to play by the same rules as everybody else does in capital markets. And I think regulations slow people down. When you ignore a regulatory regime because you're calling the same instrument a different name, then you can move faster than the regulated entities. But the way that regulatory response ends up working frequently is that you do something for several years that was counter to what the regulations say, and then the regulators tend to come back around. So. I think um, it'll be interesting to see what the regulatory response to this is. If retail investors get hurt as as clients of FTX or other crypto brokerages, I would assume that Washington will come down pretty hard on on them. But the one thing that I really think that the crypto community has done really is actually convince the Washington establishment, or at least some factions of the Washington establishment, that crypto is the future and something to be supported. Even though it's a direct threat to one of the most important sources of power of the U.S. federal government, which is the currency. The funny thing, though, was that when you look at what was happening in terms of unfolding, in terms of the crisis, everyone was looking out for who can bail out this FTX and this bank. was an issue. Who can bail out FTX? So it reminds you about the 2008 crisis where someone is actually asking, okay, who's going to bail out these banks? Okay, we turn to the Fed. But then in crypto land, they can only turn to the competitors who are fine or Binance or you die. And then that's all. So I think like, just, it's just been a funny weekend looking at crypto realize like finally, maybe we actually do need a federal reserve of crypto or something like that. Yeah. I think like it, the system of crypto itself is supposed to exist without a central regulatory authority, right? It's the algorithm is the central bank basically. And so you don't have the ability to prevent the bank run other than turn of the 20th century tools, like having very powerful organizations within the fabric of the community that can come and come to the aid of a bank run. But then I think the other element of crypto that probably the diehard enthusiasts are thinking right now is that really the value of crypto is you're supposed to be able to actually possess it yourself. You don't actually have to deposit it at a financial mm -hmm. institution. So this poses a risk to the central institutions, but if you're holding the crypto yourself in your wallet, then there's no bank run you can have on your own wallet. It can be stolen, but you can't have a bank run on it. Maybe this leads to even more decentralization. I do think from on a bullish note for crypto, one of the most surprising things to me is that the price of Bitcoin and Ethereum, they've fallen, but like they're still holding in pretty well. In traditional capital markets, if you were to see a, a large broker dealer fail, like we saw with Lehman and like we saw with Bear Stearns, as they're liquidating their asset portfolios, this creates significant selling pressure on markets. So I would assume that FTX unwinding would create a lot of selling pressure among crypto markets generally. And at least the indicators that I look at in terms of Bitcoin and Ethereum, they're not seeing that much price decline with selling pressure. So that's a pretty impressive.
It is very impressive. Away from crypto and maybe apart, uh, on Meta, uh, Meta laid off employees uh, this past week, 13%. They've been pretty reluctant to do that, pretty reluctant to make any moves in terms of changes in CapEx and OPEX. But then they came out one week with a letter laying off 13% and again, cutting OPEX and CapEx spend. Still spending on reality labs. Any quick take on that? What's your thought on that? People are underestimating the company, just as the CEO was saying that maybe people are underestimating us. They are not looking at, at the, our core business is actually doing pretty well. Yeah, I think the, my takeaway from this meta announcement is really just a lesson on how it is difficult to bet against companies. People come to work every day in order to build value, not destroy value at most companies, so well-run companies, if, you know, there's something not going their way or in the right direction, a well-run company will actually shift direction and try to adapt to the new environment. And so I do think that the last earnings call was a very negative moment for Meta. And this large announcement of layoffs must be in response to criticism that the company received about the amount that it's investing. And so this actually... Most importantly, I think it's a signal that the company is, is taking that feedback into account and changing direction some. And these are the types of things that can create longer term buying opportunities for a company like Meta, if you believe that the core business is still intact. I believe that strongly. I can see like the core business is strong. I think people have been a bit maybe skeptical, especially about the reality labs and the metaverse and those are quote about the metaverse also being very tight right there. Maybe a final comment was about the quote that I saw about in semiconductors being very important to the future of the energy transition. That's something I haven't caught on uh, for myself. And I think SML CEO also acknowledged that they're just learning themselves how the energy transition will actually involve a heavy use of semiconductors, which is a new use case, which is a bit of a bullish case for semiconductors as an industry, which is also pretty challenged this year, given the oversupply in certain pockets of the market. That's what I would take. Any other takeaway or should we end there for this week? I think that's a good place to stop for this week. All right. Thank you. We're watching retail companies this week. That's the report. Follow us on Twitter. And obviously, as I said, the newsletter will be also to give you a quick recap on what happened in a retail with the retail companies this week. See you next week and have a good week ahead.